ignorance, jealousy, belligerence, anger, self-control, tolerance, to and fro, wisdom, ecstasy, addiction, dependency, discipline. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi, how are you, Aaron? I'm well, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Just you and me, buddy. Out Now is a film podcast where Aaron and I discuss new movies weekly. We also like to have, have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, some thoughts on the news of the day or something completely different. This is another bonus episode on the count of we're in the middle of summer movie season and there's not a huge summer movie released this week. It's yeah. Kind of, kind of a pattern that we've been having. All the studios were like, what? Paramount's pushing what last week? Tom Cruise in, in Top Gun Maverick? Oh, we can't let that go. Like, you know, we got to let it uh, get it some more money. So, you know, it's pushing like $500 million worldwide. And uh, they're just like, we'll wait for next week to, to release some big stuff. I mean, it's, it's a complicated area because, yeah. I mean, we're at a point where we want studios to release movies because theaters need the help. But at the same time, there's only so many movies to release. There's so much, only so much potential given what kinds of franchises sure. are out there. And some are just gun shy about releasing movies, which is a shame, but certainly a benefit to movies like Top Gun, which are cleaning up right now. But, if they uh, wanted, uh, you know, $13 from me and $13 from you, I mean, come on, release it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, will th- also say that I, we haven't talked about like the, the first half of the year, but mm-hmm. it's been a strong year so far for movie releases. It, I, I feel it like has it's really, really good. <laughs> I like almost week over week. I have a really solid like top twenty so wow. far as far 20? as like, just looking. At, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, there's I a it. there's a solid top ten for sure. I have right. like twenty movies where I'm like, these are all really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we um, you know, to to pivot as far as like what we're going to talk about this week, uh, we have a number. You know, that's it. You talk about like things that could be in theaters. It's like, you know, we t- like Chip and Dale came out. I was like that could have been a theater movie. <laughs> um i would have loved for it to be a theater movie i I, i'm sure like given that it's like the first week of like pride there's that movie what fire island that's on hulu that seems like i've heard great things about it it probably could have easily gone to theaters but everybody's it would have been great for bo and yang and crew and and uh uh, joel booster kim come on using their streaming services to uh, booster this which is like i get that as well you gotta make that money or get those subscribers or what have you but like it's you know it we're in strange times as far as like how theaters are reacting or how studios are reacting to theaters being open and potential on things given what audiences look for and this is certainly stuff we could talk about uh in the you know coming weeks or what have you it seems <laughs> sure. like a recurring conversation topic as far as movies that yeah. could be coming out in theaters um, but, but i mean suffice it to say it's just a, a, a brand new world brave new world so exactly yeah. Uh, and this week, uh, as far as what we're going to be talking about, uh, there's a number of smaller films that did come out this week that will be mm-hmm. addressing. But our our main conversation will revolve around the film Emergency, a uh, Sundance uh, f- uh, release uh, that came out on Prime uh, this past week, but came out mm-hmm. in the theaters a couple weeks ago. Uh, so that's going to be the main center for this conversation, but certainly there's plenty of other things to talk about. Right. Um, first up, though, before we get to all the movie talk as far uh-huh. as our thoughts on them. Let's get to some movie talk as far as the money on them, uh, because <laughs> okay. we have a summer movie gamble update to get through right now. Let's do it. Um, this is and this is part of our show notes, of course. So, uh, oh boy, uh, obviously Doctor Strange is making a lot of money because it was the big movie this you know that opened the summer and whatnot, and it, you know it's made a chunk of change. But yes, <laughs> we are we are a month past Doctor Strange, and we are now in Top Gun territory. Wow! And oh boy, did this movie make a lot of money in its second weekend. 
Uh, not only did it, it, so it made $86 million. What I'm going to describe to you now is what that means. That is the smallest week-to-week decline ever for a movie that opened over $100 million. Movies like the Marvel movies in general tend to be a little front-loaded. They tend to, sure. so they drop like 50-ish, 60 Yeah, I think that when you mentioned Doctor Strange and I asked you about it, you said it was like, it was like 69% drop or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just like, that's just the nature of those kinds sure. of movies. They still make money. It's just because they have such huge numbers to begin with where it's like they can't replicate you know if you open up 180 million dollars you're not going to make another 100 million the week after like that just doesn't really happen sure. top gun maverick 86 million that's a 32 percent drop mm-hmm. that is incredibly low that doesn't happen for blockbusters yeah that is mm. for the second weekend 32 percent. that is insane. rhetorical hot take did tom cruise save the movies i mean <laughs> rhetorical don't yeah. have, don't answer <laughs> it's a it's pretty wild how well it's doing yeah um and at this point pretty much all eyes are on uh, dr straight all right sorry dr Chan. uh jurassic uh, jurassic world dominion as far as <laughs> you you said movies. three different names for the jurassic movie which i i find very amusing just because like yes even i get confused about what the title is <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion is the only movie that could possibly be more be a higher domestic gross at this point for the for the summer. Well, we've seen that trend the way that the previous two have been released as well, right? So I mean, they've they've been gobbling it up um, in terms of of uh, box office numbers in the summertime. So I think a lot of us have it as number one. Yeah, for the most, I mean, no one has Top Gun number one. That's that's the that's the thing right there. No one has Top Gun number two. I don't think anyone has Top Gun number Anna three. Did put it number two? Anna does, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, uh, Anna has been saying number one all along, and oh, she very she, well may be wow. right. I mean, she, the way it's going right now, Jurassic World needs to make a lot of money, which I don't see it. I don't count that out as a possibility. Sure. But it's certainly, that seems to be the neck and neck, and it's not even out yet. That's like the neck and neck competition. Unless like okay. Thor is just like that amazing, and it somehow like gets even higher, which I doubt. Uh, this is just Top Gun's just just making money. So right it's now. it's one of those things where we also talked about it during the Summer Gamble show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Top Gun Maverick has had a huge repeat business, right? Uh, mm-hmm. As as marked by your mention of like a, a thirty some odd percent drop, and that's kind of what I'm curious about what might happen with Thor as well, because we we all talked about Strange and how maybe it's like front loaded and maybe a little bit quote unquote darker because Raimi and whatever else. So you, I don't know how many times you're gonna go see it again. So who knows? I mean, maybe Thor will go gangbusters. I hope so because I have it as like number two, but uh, or number three. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, uh, it won't be unwatched. That's for sure. It's Thor. It won't be it's unwatched, a Marvel but, Thor movie. Yeah. yeah, but it does make me nervous that um, I, I guess maybe not me personally for my own for my own ballot that Top Gun Maverick has been so gangbusters and. Again, I um, I even checked out IMAX just recently, like Thursday or something like that, and for Friday or for Thursday, Friday and uh, Saturday, it's like, yeah, it was just awful. Um, That's so, what I've been hearing, like people being seeing like it during the week and early shows and it being like pretty yeah. much packed. It's getting people that don't usually go to the movies to go to the movies, which is the kind of thing that always is <laughs> the best kind of news yeah, for a film exactly. that, you know, is get, getting the, the, the box office bucks that it's getting. Um, I will say something that intrigues me is how Jurassic World like it's such a 
it's such a popular brand that I've yet to see the words Jurassic World Dominion appear in any of the marketing for the movie. It just shows the symbol oh. of the T-Rex skeleton. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is admirable as far as Universal's like, we know what we got. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a interesting way to go. But it's like, I'd be hard-pressed that like the average person could like tell you the title of this movie beyond, yeah, Jurassic World. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they, they had a meeting and they were like, how do we consolidate this so that you know, nobody gets confused by what to call it when they're picking up their tickets. It just, I want to see the Jurassic Park movie and people will know, right? So, or there's really worried that like Dominion will trigger memories of like the Exorcist prequel that nobody saw. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> I just want to see dinosaurs. Don't tell me anything about no exorcisms. <laughs> that said, if there was Jurassic World exorcism and it was about Blue the Raptor becoming. <laughs> They had to exercise blue. No, no, no. Blue becomes a priest. Wow, wow. No, <laughs> and, he, that'd be... and, he, and he has to exercise other people. Hey, man. If this became like a drama, I mean, I'm all for it. He has to go to the Vatican. He takes like, a vow. Of I like a lot of like this and you're like, this needs to become a drama. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm heard, down for it. I'm you, down for you, it. Give me those chants. Yeah. You, you've heard me say Blue becomes a, a priest to become an exorcist. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're in dramatic territory now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess it could be horror too, but, you know, it's got to be like, he's got to take it seriously first. Blue is going to, you know, he's got to go through all the right training. Uh, like yours then, is a montage, like of him doing this. Mine's just like he's on. Mine's just like he already walks in. He's already an exorcist. But you're like, yeah, we got to see the origins of this guy. Uh, <laughs> we got to see him like get the call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he's got to get the calling first. You know, he gets the the heavy spirit, and then he goes out. But yes, yeah, I, I would love to see Blue just perform an exorcism. I don't know how that would look, but you know. Probably we can look it up. You have his little hand, a book in it. (laughs) Throwing water, (laughs) but he can't really grip the Bible, so he's like his his like uh, extended claws, just like right in the middle of the Bible. It's gonna Mm. be very. Pratt would be there. He'd be the um. Pratt would be there. Well, yeah, he'd be his his like helper. Oh, he decides he gets the calling too. No, he just he wants to help Blue. Oh wow, this is a, a a buddy cop movie now. I mean, an exorcist. He has, he has the other guy too. You know, there's both. There's yeah, he's the Shia LaBeouf to uh, Blues. Uh, John Constant. That exact example. Yeah. Uh, here's it. I so I watched the I watched both the World and Fallen Kingdom again to prepare. Yeah. The only as we call them, the only good ones. And um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so mad at you. I don't even acknowledge any of them except for the first one. <laughs> Well, here's, I mean, I, I got to save all this for the Jurassic World conversation sure, as yeah. far as my thoughts on this franchise, because it's like, people take it so seriously. And it's like, this is Dino Theme Park 6, guys. Like, what are we, what are the stakes here? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, have you watched them recently? World no, I haven't. I, I haven't. I've only seen the first one recently in Jurassic Park. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I was watching it, and it, my, I'm going to wrap this up. But my main thing is, Blue is certainly positioned to be like the hero of this trilogy. Like Blue is like the go-to savior here. She yeah, she comes through and and like fights that Indominus Rex, right? Yeah, and fights the Indoraptor in the second one. Like Blue's like the hero oh, yeah. comes in and saves the day. Like the T Rex right. is like the hero of the first trilogy. This one you got Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if the third one, if this third one's going to have like both of them, like on a as, like a buddy level or something, <laughs> or whatever. A buddy level. But I am curious, like. I like I know this movie. It's you know, as quote unquote scary as it can be. It's certainly for kids. I wonder if like Blue is like a 
like a real character for kids like if they like really like, like yeah we like jurassic world movies not because of pratt or bryce dallas howard but because blue like blue's our boy like like we get blue toys blue's our gal blue's like sorry blue's our gal yeah. uh we get blue toys we get blue you know uh, we wear we dress up as blue for halloween like i wonder if that's like a real thing like it's certainly positioned that way like i just watching it again I'm like yeah they really try to spotlight her uh, i mean you know you gotta sell merch right you know uh, so it was a really clever thing for them to do just let's make one velociraptor slightly blue in, in hue and, and name her blue mm-hmm. and uh off of the races and again like to your point she is she good is she bad but she's here to save the day so i'm i mean, like, I'm, she's I'm a dinosaur like it's, right. not, like it's not a villain like, yeah. I, i'm oh, glad yeah. that they they were able to to make that uh a more palpable, pal- palpable relationship than Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. So you're, you're yeah. not wrong. Again, watching these again, is like, I, I don't mind them, but like them together is certainly not like the couple of the century. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here. Yeah. This isn't Casablanca feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be curious what blue's doing with blues. I mean, I mean, it's a big, like the big plot point is surrounding blue in this next one. So I'll be curious yeah. where this yeah. goes to wrap up this epic uh, saga anyway that's enough about jurassic world uh, <laughs> we'll talk a lot more about it next week um that was a good teaser for sure uh, but yeah making money uh for top gun uh dr strange bob's burgers uh How, how's that guy doing it dropped 64 percent this week made another 4.5 million so it's around 10 million it's a 20 no it's a 20 million oh better uh downson abbey's at 35 million t- total and uh, that's, I mean, that's it so, for movies that we have to concern ourselves with for the game. Things are not looking good for Marcel the Shell, is what you're saying. Oh, what? Because Boz Burgers and Doubt's Dabby, <laughs> proven brands, um, were not, did not true to, to be viable at the box. Bob, Bob's Burgers making $20 million is uh, more than I thought it would make, which is great. Uh, but yeah, uh, still holding out hope here. Well, I'm sure the character posters for Marcel the Shell are going to come out any day now. And so we'll get like the buzz start to build. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Watch you get nominated for an Oscar for like best animated film. Would it be animated? I guess. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to but think it, about there, it. There's too many like live people in it. <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll see. We'll get to that bridge really crossing. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I'll say. Right. Um, what else as far as show notes go? Not much here. Uh, one thing, actually. Um, yes. Uh, Top Gun. We talked about Top Gun Maverick last week. Extensively. Extensively, yes. Yeah. So my lovely girlfriend, lovely Anna Bosch. Uh, she had one thought that she wanted to bring up that she actually she forgot to, to get out there um, that I just, I, 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 I too find it interesting. Uh, the One of the very few quibbles she had with the movie that we all otherwise really liked. Um, at the beginning of the movie, you have Cruz on his motorcycle, right? And he's mm-hmm. going up to get to the, the whole um, Mach 10 test trial. Mm-hmm. Um, he rides his motorcycle right through the gate at the military stop, right? He like just not even stopping. It's just like right, Maverick yeah. shows up, doesn't have to stop, just zooms through. Yeah, that is not allowed. <laughs> that is not a uh, let alone the fact that he's not wearing a helmet. But regardless, sure, yeah. he just like you can't do that, right? That's what Anna certainly pointed out. It's like you can't just drive up on a zooming on a motorcycle past the security gate and be yeah. like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it was on the calendar of those Mach 9 that day. So maybe, maybe Tom the, Cruise or maybe, maybe all those guys knew that he was going to be there. 
that but beat. I think to that point, they even make they even make Ed Harris stop, right? Exactly. That's what she said. He's, he's like, like Ed Harris had to stop, but he's a higher, he's yeah. like the highest ranking guy he's there. Like a four-star <laughs> admiral or a three-star admiral. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I see that gripe. That's a good that's a good one to call out. Like you can't just go, you can't just cruise on being cool <laughs> to get yourself through things like yeah. a military stop. Cruise being cool, by the way, one of my favorite things to have done this past week is listen to some of these interviews with uh, the cast members on late night shows. Uh And everybody has a Tom Cruise story. And it's just it's it's pretty hilarious. Like, so uh, if you have a chance, just skip around to the part where they're talking about the making of the film and then their Tom Cruise story. And uh, you'll just be pleasantly surprised by one, how good of a person Tom Cruise is, but then also like just how like strange he is at times, too. So, you know. Uh, very fitting of of uh, Tom Cruise and who uh, we have all known him to become. Cool. I, I will yeah. look forward to um, uh, Lewis Pullman's Tom Cruise story. Did you know that was Bolt Pullman's kid? Yes, because he's been working for a while now. I, I had no idea. <laughs> and, he, and he looks like Bill Pullman. <laughs> yeah, like when, they, when somebody mentioned it online, I was like, oh yeah, he does. He does have the Bill Pullman like bottom half of the face. Yeah, I noticed him when. Um... Bad t- bad times of the El Royale because he's like a main character in that. And it's oh. like this bellboy looks awfully awfully familiar. <laughs> <laughs> he gave a speech about Independence Day, and then um yeah, and then like it's like oh his name's on the poster. His name's Lewis Pullman. Okay, I got this. I oh, see, yeah. see a rat. That makes sense. He's in the show currently on Amazon Prime called Outer Outer Range with uh, him and um oh Josh Brolin and yeah. others. Uh, I've heard that that's a very interesting show. It is. It's quite. It's worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. Recommend. My dad got would it. too. He really liked it. Yeah, big um, hole in the desert, right? Big hole in the de- or big hole in the in, it's farmland. Big hole oh, in farmland. Farm, big hole yeah. in the, in the country. <laughs> yeah, but weird things happen. Yeah, weird things Got happen. It. It's like what I assume Yellowstone is, except there's also a big <laughs> hole in the ground. <laughs> I don't have Paramount Plus, so I can't. I can't confirm. <laughs> uh, I think it's also on Peacock. Oh, um, but <laughs> some seasons. Are, I think it's mixed. <laughs> Got it. Peacock, not a sponsor. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. Uh, that's a, that's our show notes. Let's move on. Let's get to some out now cookies. Trademark. Each week now That's trademarked. Patent pending. Okay. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I have not seen other movies this week, but I've been catching up on a lot of television, and including uh-huh. um, Stranger Things season four. And speaking of people that are famous and uh, famous kids, uh, I was like, oh, who's this cheerleader that's playing here? She looks very familiar. And I look her up, and it, it ends up being Casper Van Dien's kid. So I was like, oh, yeah, Sleepy Hollow. There you go. Uh, obviously, you know, best known for Sleepy Hollow, not and for Starship Troopers. Not for Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was cool to, to catch up on these things. But I just, I, I really enjoy that these seasons, and I, I say this mockingly, but these seasons have taken such a long time that these kids have like five o'clock shadows now. And it's just like, it's very apparent that they're like, all much older than like you know ninth grade in high school but um so far so good i mean i i certainly dig the references as the Depper brothers have done in all their seasons of uh, stranger things uh, with relation to either scary things from the 80s or just uh 80s and 90s pop culture i think like this one's sort of moving toward like mid 80s um 86 or something like that it said but, 86 i believe yes yeah so um and also like very, very strange that they're, I think that the high school they go to is like Lanier Hills High School or something like that or whatever. I was like, is this supposed to be in Orange County? Like where Aaron and I went to high school? Because kind of feels like it, but uh, it's not. It's in the hills somewhere. Um, 
so I, I dig it, but I'm also just curious as to like what's going to happen because um, the first episode, is, I, I think these are all, I don't know how, how long the rest of them are, but the first one was like an hour and a half. Um, so they're like, like the first cut, the first three are all like an hour, hour and change. Yeah. One's like an hour. The, the sixth, seventh one is an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. Okay. And then the two that come out in July, like one's another hour and 40 minutes. And the other, then the season yeah. finale is like two and a half hours. So these are all like feature length films. Pretty much. Point. Yeah. yeah. And so there, there's just like a lot of content being packed in here. Um, and hey, I, I still dig what they're doing. But also at the same time, like I, I'm, I think that this is the final season, right? There's one more season after this. What? Like, Some, me, yeah. I mean, like mid, mid season. There's one into two. There's one more season after this. This wow. is the fourth season that's divided into like you know seven episodes and two episodes. Then there's another season after this. Okay, well, I have no, I have no doubt that they'll also divide that up too. Yeah, but I was just gonna say like, oh yeah, you know, it feels like a good ending point. <laughs> but apparently they have a lot of ground to cover. Talking about fifth season where they're all gonna be like 25 playing 19 year olds, which is very I mean common. maybe they would have an actual time jump. That'd be interesting. That would be fascinating. I don't know where the, so I haven't watched this yet because I'm waiting to watch Ohana. So like I, I don't know what's happening beyond the fact that Will looks like a, a man that votes. <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> but I but that would be a curious that would be that yeah. seems like a logical way to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Do a time jump so we like fit the ages for one thing, maybe change the hair. Um, it, it, like, it, it would make sense. Instead yeah. of like the nineties, like that'd be something. But I yeah. have no idea. I Who no knows? Idea but I, I caught up on Stranger Things. That's fun. Go check it out. Um, and then I also caught up on, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this show. It's called Broad City. Um, <laughs> yes. Where <laughs> it's already done. But... A while ago. And it was great yeah. when it was on. <laughs> I was like, wow, this show is very like, it's very, there's a lot of cameos in the show, which I really, really appreciate. Like Amy Sedaris shows up in one of them. There's a lot of, uh, of uh, Hannibal Burris. Um, well, you know, like a co-star in the show. yeah he's a co-star he's basically like uh abby or i'm sorry uh, alana glazer's character's boyfriend off and on um but yeah there, there's just a lot of really fun cameos i, I think the writing is also very like um it's very uh, uh sharp so anyway just kind of on that because that's also on hulu but um yeah uh those two are the two mains that i i caught up on this week so a lot more tv than than films unfortunately well as far as tv goes i i finished we own this city oh um, because it's only six episodes yeah uh, it's excellent um i mean it's just a fantastic show uh, through and through bernthal's fantastic the whole cast is really solid but bernthal does some really terrific work yeah um anyone that's a fan of the wire or anything david simon has done there's no reason not to watch this <laughs> anyone that uh, feels disillusioned by certain aspects of our society another reason not to watch the, another reason to, to watch this <laughs> uh, it, but it's just a, just a really fantastic drama uh, all the way um, so movies, <laughs> there's, there's a number of things to catch up on here. Uh, first up, uh, the the main like release of this week, as far as that goes, uh, there was a couple, but the, the like the the biggest one in terms of what we're going for is uh, Crimes of the Future, uh, which is uh, David Cronenberg's return, uh, not only to theaters, he animated movies since 2014 with Maps of the Stars, but his mm-hmm. first like body horror film since Existence, like way back in '99 at this point. Um, 99 wow. yeah as far as him doing like this kind of like full-on body horror or body horror of graphic imagery as far yeah. as stuff so this movie exists in a world uh where uh people are kind of mutating and they can basically stop feeling pain and huh. as a result uh some are doing some some a select few 
are doing uh, performance art by way of surgeries uh, in front of a live audience. Uh, Vigo Mortensen and Leah Sadu play a pair of partners where Vigo Mortensen has this ability to grow organs inside of his body wow. uh, rapidly. And so he and Sadu perform surgeries where they remove said organs from his body. Uh-huh. And it's every bit as graphic as you'd expect that to be. Um, but the film, it's mainly like a character play. Like the story itself is, it's a lot of like world building as far as this kind of future we're in and what have you. But it's focused mainly on these characters and what their lives are. Um, the plot is very, more or less inconsequential. It's just, you know, performance artists trying to understand this kind of environment that they're in. Um Without getting too far into like what it is, it, I I like this movie quite a bit. Oh, okay. And, I, and I'll say I'll say why. Not not the really surprise, but yeah. I like I like Cronenberg and everything. Exactly. Yeah. But even then, like sometimes this stuff can go a bit too far. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I liked here is that it left me thinking about things. Like he's certainly going for different ideas, um, a number of different ideas within this movie. A lot of which are things he's addressed in the past, but now he's just looking at it through a modern specter. Um. And it's what I like is that it left me like leave it left me with questions and thing things to think about in comparison to men, where like I feel mm. like I watched men, it's like, all right, I got it. This movie, it, it it's as far as like art house horror sci-fi things go, it's like there's a lot more to chew on here. And I just appreciated that. Uh, I appreciate that it just gave me lingering thoughts to consider about like climate change, the society the human body's capabilities uh just where things are going in the world like it's just there's a lot there like even sure. if it's even if it's not like providing like you know huge uh thesis theses on things it's still like presenting you with stuff to consider and I, mm-hmm. that's just that's worthwhile in addition to being just like a well-acted movie that has a lot of intense visuals Cronenberg certainly is a knack for that so right i, I quite enjoyed crimes of the future yeah, a couple of questions here. Um, I've been seeing some things about uh, what should I call it? Um, Kristen Stewart, Kirsten Stewart, Kristen Stewart. And uh-huh. I'm curious, like, what your take is. I mean, people have said that she might be the weakest link, but I mean, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie uh, anytime soon, at least. Um, so I'm curious your thoughts on on that take that people have said. Um, I mean, I, I've I've heard a a mixed number mainly from uh-huh. people that don't generally watch Cronenberg films or art house films saying weakest link. Where I'm like the things the takes I've mainly heard that make more sense to me and what I can mm-hmm. think of is, I mean it it's the showiest performance because it has the it like Vigo Mortensen and Liz they're like very dry characters. Uh, they're, they're like it's not bad. It's just more of they're reserved in their personalities where hers is more outspoken for a very specific reason and it's this like twitchy mousy performance that works really well for the Uh, movie (laughs) like it 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 gives it a certain a certain kind of spark in the same way that Vico Mortensen's affectations with his voice do things to the movie or a surprisingly good Scott Speedman does to the movie with just Scott Speedman. I know. Um, yeah, last time here. I saw him, he was a, he was turning into a vampire or a werewolf. Yeah. Well, he's, he's quite good here. Mainly because he, yeah. not mainly, but like he doesn't really have the strangers would be the last thing you saw. Him. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't really revisit that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is an underworld. <laughs> so it's like, I, I think there's, there's a number of different kinds of performances here. And hers is certainly the, like the flashiest. Got it. Um, okay. By default, by the nature of what she's doing in the movie, but like it works for the film. So. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm I'm a fan of her work, so uh, I'm curious. Just that it takes. I was like, oh, you know, like I don't know if it was just 
that way or because she's a pretty good actor so it's uh, it's only like a deliberate thing. it's the kind of thing yeah. where like even her like involvement feels similar to like Pattinson being like I want to work with this person someone's probably you sure. know it's like Cronenberg has a film I want to be in a Cronenberg film that's yeah what it amounts to I mean his was like was his the one with like the vehicle the limo uh Cosmopolis yeah that was a Cronenberg thing too yes, right? well, yeah. yeah he was in T's and Maps of the Stars also he had a couple oh, Cronenberg yeah. joints yeah <laughs> Um, and then the, I guess the other, it's not a question, but it's more of a comment, um, how you're explaining all these things about how it kind of just has a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. I like the way that Cronenberg kind of described this movie himself. He's just like, Hey, look, man, I'm not trying to make things that are like going to piss you off or like going to make you like leave my, leave the screening room and, and make you ill. It's just things that I, I've dreamed of and I just want to convey them on screen. And this is how they come to me. And, and I was like, that's actually a really solid, like description of just, sure art in general but also just the way that that uh directors kind of like can direct right so like, yeah. it doesn't have to really make a whole lot of sense like it's just like if you think about your own dreams and how they can become very uh they're either very helpful skelter or they kind of like uh flash from flash forward or flash backward it's very um uh, weird and and um uh, sometimes like very very visceral so i just really dug that explanation for how he views his movies and what he's trying to do as a filmmaker. Um, and so it's like, it's not as though he's like trying to, trying to gross you out and what's like the worst way that he can do that. Um, and I, I just really found that to be an appropriate answer for uh, why he makes movies like this. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I found it. I found it cool. I had a dream. I thought it was cool. And I wanted to make a movie out of it. But- it's, it's funny because he, he, he's such a formal filmmaker. Like his films hmm. are like, they're not, exploitative and they're not handled in ways that are trying to like break cinema he makes Mm -hmm. fairly straightforward movies when you look at the presentation of them how they're shot and what have you it's just the content of them is extreme because but it's also very matter of fact Mm -hmm. something like even looking at like his his quote-unquote prestige movies like history of violence or eastern promises the violence in those films is shocking to a degree but it's mm-hmm. not presented in any flashy way necessarily. It's just more of this is the rep- this is what happens when a gun does this or a knife does sure. this to a body. <laughs> like that's right. that's what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, and this movie or, or uh, a coffee mug or in coffee. A yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is similar as far as like yeah, things get cut open. <laughs> that's what it's going to look right. like. It's, it's right. not trying to highlight it in some kind of especially stylistic way. It just presents it as is. Sure. That that said, like the the for all the body horror in this movie the organs and stuff like that didn't do much to unnerve me either because I'm just too used to Cronenberg or I hyped it up too much <laughs> in my mind. So it just wasn't as intense as I thought it would be. But the thing that got to me was there are these devices that Vigo uses in this movie mm-hmm. to kind of help him sleep and eat um, that are like supposed to like position his body in a way. So it makes it like the most comfortable possible. And, and they're like, they're not working for him for whatever reason. And so he's constantly uncomfortable and there's this chair in particular he sits in where he's supposed to eat. And it makes this whirring sound. That's the one thing that got to me in this movie where it's like every time this chair is presented, <laughs> it just got under my skin because of the specific noise it's making. And it looks like a weird Cronenberg chair. So yeah. it's like, this is bothering me. Like, sure, cut open his body, and pull out another thing, whatever. But yeah. this chair, get this away from me. <laughs> like, that was that's, that's hilarious. I was just like, I'm not even surprised. Like, I'm not even scared about all these things that were like, you know, yeah. edgy. It's like, it's the mundane things that yeah, scare me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get the, get this not a kidney out of my sight. I don't care. But this not chair. <laughs> now I can't wait to see what this chair is. And yeah. I'm going to like, 
uh, be like really uh, grossed out when I'm just like, uh, wow, Aaron was not kidding about this. Um, so that's Crimes of the Future. Uh, another movie that opened this week is called Watcher. Uh, mm-hmm. This was another film that came out during uh, Sundance. Um, it stars uh, Michael Monroe and uh, Bern oh. Gorman. Uh, it's directed by Chloe Acuno. Uh, the film involves Michael Monroe's character, uh, Julia. She moves to Bucharest with her uh, boyfriend, who's he gets a job there. He's also from, he's, he has parents from the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film focuses on her and the thought that she believes someone's stalking her. Someone's watching her from the window across the street. And when she's outside, mm-hmm. uh, she believes that the same person might be following her around. Um, and she just doesn't know what to think of this. Um, uh, this movie has generally good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I am, I'm not a fan of the movie. Um, not enough chairs for you not enough chairs is the, that was the main thing is like this is one two three no, no not even five uh, yeah. but the it, it's not due to the lack of effort like there's certainly like good work coming from the people and I think it looks really well but I also think that's part of the problem where I think it looks too polished it no it feels like it uses that polish to make up for the fact that there's just not much going on in this movie i see it's i feel a lot like of I, flash not a lot of substance yeah i get it and it's not even like flash. it's just more of like because they're in bucharest you have a certain kind of appeal as far as the look of you know a, sure, yeah. a, a territory you just not you know you don't see all the time mm-hmm. and so like it's a well shot movie it has atmosphere to a point but it's just like it's not doing anything particularly innovative the thing the, the one thing you can call to is the fact that mike and Murrow's character she's trying to basically get everyone's attention saying like, Hey, this guy is stalking me. Mm-hmm. Why won't you believe me? And so it's, you know, there's a big thing about believe women. Like that's the big message of the movie, mm-hmm. except I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie a lot. And were it not for the fact that that's a more you know, popular thing to address these days, it's not different from other movies that have challenged you with the same kind of thing as far as mm-hmm. why won't you believe this person? So it's there's just not a lot of there there, if that makes sense. Is it kind of Hitchcockian where it's like, well, you know, very much so. It's it's, it's uh, mm. they actually do see it, but they're all part of like the the plot. Uh, Maybe like Rosemary's Baby more like so. No, I mean, you're not there without giving anything away. There's sure. like those are certainly influences that you can see. both. Got you it. can see a lot of Polanski and a lot of Hitchcock in this movie. Got it. OK, no, like and that's it's deliberate. That doesn't make it bad, but it's certainly yeah, yeah. it. But that's certainly on its mind. You can tell mm-hmm. that those are influences for a film like this. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, maybe if I watched again at some point, maybe I'll grow on me. But like, it just didn't do much for me at all. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's, it doesn't bother me that it's getting good reviews. You like a movie, you like a movie. But it's just sort of like right. this is getting a lot of praise. And I was like, this just didn't do much for me. Good performances, <laughs> so, at least. Um, uh, Monroe's good in the movie. She does. This is job. like her. This I, is like her. Her niche. Yeah, she's, she's, like, she's like the, the horror uh, stuff. independent horror movies. Yeah. yeah. Burn Gorman, um, he's he, you know Burn Gorman is right. He's like the he, he um, he's in like Pacific Rim um, as the the counter to Charlie Day's character, uh, the other scientist guy. I'm gonna he's have in, to look it up. He's in Dark oh. Knight. He's in Dark Knight Rises as the Ben Mendelsohn's like number two guy. Yes, yeah. Now, now I know him. Yeah, he's, he's like a smar- yeah, smarmy looking guy. Smarmy looking character actor. Yeah, guy, kind he of. He looks like a fish. Yeah, exactly. That's a good yeah. description. Um. <laughs> He's pretty good at this movie because he generally he relies so much on dialogue and here he's mostly silent. Sorry, la- last one. Yeah. Like like dollar store Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I don't want you to be mean. Like he's a good actor. <laughs> like, I know, I know. But he does look like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, if you can't get Willem Dafoe, you get Bird Corbin. Yeah. I uh, 
he's pretty good on that show, The Offer, right now too on Paramount okay. Plus. Um, yeah, with Miles Teller. With Miles Teller, exactly. With Rooster. With Brad. With Bradley Bradshaw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like he's what I what I just said. Like he he does usually he you know there's a lot of dialogue in his thing, and, okay. and here he doesn't have that to use, so he's relying largely on like looks and a silent performance, and I think that works yeah. well to the film's advantage. It's just. I just feel like I've seen this movie before and it didn't do much to impress me. So. Got it. Um, is is it thankfully kind of short? I think so. I can't recall, okay. but I can't imagine it being. But it wasn't like two hours long. No, it's like an hour yeah. 40 at most. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, more. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I was going to say, where, where is that one playing? It's in, it's in the, it's in the limited, limited release, release and I, okay. it'll probably be, it's an IFC film. So it'll be like on demand soon enough. I'm sure if it's not okay. already. Um, next one I saw, uh, The Phantom of the Open. Mm-hmm. I, I watched this with my dad because it's a movie about golf. Uh, yeah. he, was, he was interested, and I was like, I have a screener for this. And so he watched it. It stars Mark Rylance, uh, and he wears a lot of hats in this movie, let me tell you. Uh, and like, <laughs> Figuratively he, and literally? Yes, but he like literally, he's like, he got a lot of hats. So I was like, oh, look at the, the variety. Yeah. Uh, he stars as a, uh, this is a true story. He stars as a, a man named Maurice, it's Morris Flitcroft. Um, uh, a British gentleman who got really, he, he has his wife's played by Sally Hawkins. Uh, he, she already had a kid when they got married. They have a couple more kids. He lives his life as a dock worker. He respectable enough. He gets to a point in his age in his forties where he's like, I want to be a golfer. Um, and he's, he's not like dumb. He's just like, very enthusiastic and optimistic and just doesn't really think about like, no, what's the, like, he doesn't consider like the proper changes things. Like I want to be a golfer. So I'm going to go to the British open, uh, which he somehow does. He gets to the British open Mm -hmm. and he gets like the worst score ever. And not just like bad, like incredible, like embarrassingly bad because he's, Mm -hmm. it's the first game he ever played, but he somehow conned his, not even conned. He just kind of filled out the form and they just let him in because they figured yeah all right <laughs> like why why yeah. would he apply if he's not good at golf simpler times man yeah simpler times yeah um this continues for like years where he like he he's he gets back into the british years Open. yeah because he yeah. he he wants to improve his game which he kind of does but he's still not good mm-hmm. but he he be, but he also begins pretending like he submits applications under other names and gets back into the british open over and disguise and wears disguises oh oh this, so you weren't kidding about the multiple hats yeah and this happened this is real yeah <laughs> this is a real golfer who like was terrible at the game but wanted to keep competing in the british open <laughs> yeah. so he did so he found ways to do so yeah um it's an enjoyable movie it's very oh, okay light on its feet and fun um it, it reminded me of something like the full monty as far as like oh, okay. the stakes are, and I love the full Monty. I think the movie's fantastic. This isn't that great, but I mean, it's still in that kind of zone where it's it's entirely like slights. It's very but very enjoyable. Mark Rylance is great as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, Sally Hawkins is very good. Reese Fons plays a British uh, British Open official. Oh, uh, uh, he's gonna be fun. the bad guy again. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, he is. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He he has a lizard tail and everything. Yeah. Uh, but he. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, this movie's it's just a really like nice, enjoyable film in that kind of like small British nice movie category yeah. that you get every now and again. That's um, that's nice, like a, a kind of like a, a warm glass of tea, hot glass of tea. Exactly, exactly yeah. that. Um, and it's nice to see like Mark Rylance in a not a role that's like he needs another Oscar, but it's like Mark Rylance just having a good time. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> like this guy. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Uh, how long is the movie? Uh, like an hour forty-five. Something. Oh, okay, like that. so like another short, short. Yeah, another movie. another fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. So easy to consume. Easy to consume for sure. Okay. Um, Watch wanted. it with that and Rescue Rangers. There you go. But sir, and it's just it's just frequently funny. Like there's bits where I'm just like I'm laughing too hard at this very simple movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, couple more here. Uh, yes, ne- please. Neptune Frost. Okay. This is an Afrofuturistic uh, mm. movie. Um, I'm intrigued. Bas- basically, a mix of black culture and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, the film is set in a Rwandan village. Uh, it features a a runaway uh, intersex character uh, and a miner, as in a uh, mineral miner, coal miner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's there's some coal kind miner. of metal. I forget what the metal is, but some kind of miner. Unobtainium. Exactly. Um, where they they combine forces in this village to form a hacker collective um, to kind of rail against technology of the time. Oh. Um, the film is directed and written by Saul Williams, a famous uh, poet slash musician, uh, co-directed by. Anisia Uzeman. Uh, this film was a trip. Uh, I oh, not not the word I was thinking that you were gonna say. It, I mean, it's also quite good. It's a musical. <laughs> I should note that as well. Uh, it's Afrofuturist a, musical. Yes. Um, and it, it before you ask, it's like an hour and fifty minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean musicals. I want them to be two and a half hours. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it it is not. It is unlike anything else i've seen this year wow uh, it doesn't follow a traditional kind of plot structure it just it presents this story as it is um it presents characters it gives you just imagery to go along with that's intriguing it gives you these num- a number of musical numbers that aren't like it's not you know like big dance numbers it's just more like characters just start singing uh, and sometimes it feels organic from the story and other times it feels like it's going after just the theme of the moment hmm. um but it's I, I, I it, it's it it held it held my attention to ways of like I even when I'm not entirely sure of what's going on I'm just like intrigued by what's being presented to me and sure. the kind of movie where I certainly want to revisit uh, again uh, because I there, there's a lot to take in uh, that I want to like have a firmer grasp on as far as all of it's trying to say uh, but certainly a good watch I was very uh, into what the what the film was doing where, where can I see this uh, this is available on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, you, yeah, you can you rent it somewhere. Uh, you rent it at various like on-demand places. But if you yeah. just look up ne- Neptune Frost, I'm sure you can find it. Got it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a it, it was a good one. I was a uh, I was very much into the story. It, it reminded me of this movie I saw a couple years ago that was on my top ten, Baccarat, um, mm-hmm. which I also really like. That's a Brazilian uh, uh, film that similarly had a a kind of went against uh, narrative tradition and presented <laughs> its own kind of story. Uh, set in kind of a, a rural uh, tribal area uh, with its own ideas of how yeah. to present uh, certain themes revolving technology mixed with uh, village life. So I, I guess I'm into that kind of movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's I, really mean, I can't wait to read your script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PMX bike racing yeah. in the future. <laughs> um, the last thing I'll mention um, RRR, yes. which we talked about on this podcast. Yeah, uh, very enthusiastically. Um, it was released for one more night, an encore RRR because of its uh, big popularity. Uh, in the, I, w- in the I would say huge months. popularity. Huge po- I mean, yeah. it's one of it's the biggest global phenomenon. Yeah, it's one point. of the biggest Indian yeah. films of all time. Uh, it has its own TikTok dance and everything. I'm told. So I mean, it, it's got that going for. It. I've seen clips of people of like Indian audiences cheering 
during certain clips of the movie yeah. uh, that are fantastic to see because I just know what they're doing. Um, but again, uh, so I watched the movie again and I took my dad along with me because it was in theaters. I'm like, why not? Um, I mean, I remain utterly impressed and just, in, just over the moon for yeah. this film because it's amazing. Uh, my dad, Dad's Movie Corner, like I, I, I told, I described the movie to him like without going too far into it, but just it's like it's got everything. It's action, it's musical, it's, it's stylish, it has, it has everything you want in a movie. And yeah. he went along. He's like, yeah, why not? I haven't seen a movie like this before. So he goes and we go in. It's three, remember, it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. He came out beaming. He was so like happy with like this movie, and he's still talking about it today. As nice. well as, like this is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Like he was so enthusiastic about like the experience of watching this thing and just getting all the stuff that you get out of it in terms of the action that you see, the dance numbers that you see, the 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 chemistry between these two main characters that you get. Like there's just so there's so much to recommend about her. It's ridiculous, uh, but it is. Yeah, I was uh, thrilled to be able to see it again. Uh, I am aware it's currently streaming on Netflix. I will note that is the Hindu version of the film, the Hindu language version of the mm-hmm. film. The film was originally filmed in uh, Telugu. Hindi, language. Hindi, Hindi. Sorry, Hindi. Yeah, Hindu is the religion. Uh, yeah, that's why I, I knew when I was saying it, it was wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I, I can't seem to correct myself. Um, but yes, the Hindi language version of the film is on Netflix right now. It's originally a Telugu film. I will. I do. Mm-hmm. I do know that there is a streaming service called Zav5 uh, that has the official streaming rights. So that has the Telugu okay. uh, version of the film for anyone that has that. I believe it's a Canadian streaming service. Um, Good job, Canada. Yeah. So, but regardless, I, I can't imagine the Hindi version is like terrible. Right, <laughs> right. But it's, especially if it's your only means of seeing the film. Sure. Um, but it is certainly. A thrilling movie to watch for a variety yeah. of reasons. I'm glad that your dad enjoyed it, especially again for the runtime and also um, for everything else. I'm, I'm I was surprised that you didn't record him coming out of the theater also trying to do the TikTok dance. <laughs> so that would have been something to, to put up on the old page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, all right, that's enough quickies. And you can find more of my stuff at <laughs> <laughs> TM or yeah TM okay so let's uh let's get to let's get to our main conversation this week our main review for emergency we're going to seven parties tonight bro you should take it easy don't get kunle into any trouble that boy's black excellence oh come on come on if we only gonna have five minutes when we get back to pregame change and leave where's carlos there's an unconscious white girl in our living room. What? Okay, okay, she's she's alive, but she's calling 911. Hey, stop! Are you crazy? We didn't do hey, anything hey, wrong. We don't have to do nothing wrong, Kunle. The cops are not gonna listen. They just go come in here and see three brown guys hanging over this little white girl. We looked everywhere, and we can track her on your phone. We can't just leave her somewhere. We take her to the hospital. Shotgun. That should have been some of the trailer for Emergency, adapted from a short film of the same name. Best friends and black college students Sean and Kunle have a plan of completing a legendary tour where they attempt to attend seven frat parties in one night. Things go sideways when they discover an unconscious young white woman on their living room floor. Together with their roommate Carlos, the guys first panic at the idea of calling the cops given what the situation could be perceived as. Their solution, drive her to the hospital or anywhere that could be deemed safe. 
This proves to be more difficult than expected as the trio attempt to navigate through a wild night while the unconscious girl's sister follows closely behind in an attempt to track them down. Abe, I know we've, I've talked about this film and we had guest on for our Sundance episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we addressed this film before. Uh, now the film has been available, you know, for wide audiences. What did you think of Emergency? I am mixed on Emergency. Um, I, I think the way that you described it from that introduction of it makes it sound like, oh, well, I mean, it sounds like a, an interesting, fun romp. And I think that it, it tries to go that route. And I've certainly read interviews with the director, uh, Carrie Williams, and also with the writer, Katie um, Davila, uh, of just how they wanted to sort of like take you through the, the mind of young Black college students that are dealing with this, but also at the same time, kind of have like a, a an all-in-one night type of romp. So I'm kind of mixed on it just because I think that it's weird because it's I, there's some funny things in it, but it's not like overly funny um, to the point where it's, um, you know, just a college humor movie, not the, not the brand college humor, but just like a college, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, a college night movie. Um, and then it's, it's, I don't think that it really achieves like a, a level of seriousness that perhaps other movies that I've seen that also sort of try to tackle topics like this um, uh, get to. I think there is like this comedy of errors, which is what they're going for, for sure. And that's really what ratchets up the tension. Like, like as I'm watching this movie and as things are unfolding, like I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, why aren't you guys doing this, this and this? And then um, as you move th- forward with the movie, you're just like, oh man, like this is, this is getting worse, man. But then also there's like these pit stops along the way, which is very common. Uh, but I think that it, it, it's really a... I want to say that it's an achievement from the standpoint of, hey, you guys had this award-winning film coming out of, um, a short film coming out of, uh, is it, what was the festival that went to? And previously Sundance. They were at Sundance. Sundance. So they ha- I think that they, they're short. Is that South by Southwest won. also? But yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, won, the, it won, won at the Sundance. Grand, yeah, won the and then the short also won at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decided to do the full-blown feature-length film. So like it, it's an accomplishment from that standpoint of like, hey, this this you know twenty minute. I don't know how long the short film is, but the twenty minute short film is is such a uh, a success from the critics and from the audiences that we should make this longer uh, full length feature length film. And this has worked out in other movies that we have seen as well, um, notably like Short from Twelve, or um, I mean I don't know. There's there's a lot of other examples. It, my like my mind goes to Whiplash, but it's like well that was a proof of concept. They made Whiplash the short because they already had the script for the long version. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I think like just in terms of like the dark comedyness of it. I mean because I that's sort of like the the approach that I want to that that I sort of got the the most feel out of from this movie. Um, again, like other films kind of came up that sort of uh, uh, jog my brain a little bit more. And I'm happy to get into them as we go uh, more in depth in, in the conversation. But I am certainly am like, I think by the end of this movie, I, I, I really dug just, you know, Kunle, the actor Donald closing the door on like this apology, which that was like the, the best part of the movie. But I, I uh, aside from like that too, I dug the camaraderie of like the three roommates um, played by Donald RJ from Power Rangers among other things, and then also uh, Los uh, Carlos, played by Sebastian um, uh, Chacon. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like their chemistry as they are trying to navigate this weird, intense night. But as the intensity ratchets up, like I think that it's one of those things where 
the filmmakers are are purposely trying to put you in these uncomfortable situations but i just don't know if the if the ultimate payoff was really there and it's not that i i didn't really feel the effects of it but i certainly maybe had wished that they had gone like a certain route or um even made things like tighten the screws even more so and even moved away from like uh this comedic aspect of it i know that in in certain interviews the director had mentioned that he had to cut out more fun things between um donald and rj uh, our two main leads gunlay and sean but at the same time i was just like yeah i mean where you went with it you know, ultimately like it i think it, it achieves where you're trying to go but I don't know if I, I felt the full impact. So I'm pretty mixed on it. You know, you say tightening the screws, and I think that's the main issue for a movie that I otherwise liked uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit. I, I think it was one of the better films that came out of Sundance this year. But I, I will say that as a, a hour, 45 minute movie, this could, you know, if it was a 90, it was a tighter 90 minute film, I think it'd be more effective. Oh, that's a good point. And that that comes from trying to balance what it's doing, which is exactly what you're referencing and why I'd imagine anyone would be mixed on as it stands it has pretty good pretty solid reviews yeah but it but i i get where that and even that like i imagine the average is probably you know lower than higher uh, as far as what the overall score is and that comes from trying to walk a line between being this college comedy and being this kind of gritty societal commentary um that's not an easy thing to do uh, certainly when it comes down to how much do we want to make you laugh versus how much do we want to make you uncomfortable um, whether or not you're a person of color or you, or you're a white person observing certain things take hold um it it it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing to to try to achieve i don't know if leaning on one side harder than the other is the thing that solves that problem or just again making it tighter which i do think is probably the ultimate way to make it uh come together better but at the same time I liked, th- I I liked the the camaraderie between Sean and Kunle quite a bit. Like that's mm-hmm. ultimately why I like this movie as much as I do. I think it really, it hits at what friends can be like as far as what they would agree on, what they would disagree on, and where the conflicts come in. I think it nails that really well. Like it's for two people that are, which is not uncommon, that are not the same. Like they're friends in college possibly by circumstance maybe they're roommates at some point or they just happen mm-hmm. to meet up or what have you but like the fact that one of them is more of a you know a high achiever on his way to princeton has a nigerian parents that are both like doctors i believe mm-hmm. uh, versus the other who is he can't be entirely a screw up because he's in college like he's doing his thing and he's graduating but you know certainly like not the not the achiever that that kunle is and matching them together they feel like friends <laughs> right <laughs> and right. carlos feels like a roommate that they're friendly with sometimes <laughs> like it, that, that, com- <laughs> that comes through yeah and through I, circumstance <laughs> yes and i and i think that but i do think it's a, it's effectively drawn out that way i think the performances here are really good between these three guys particularly i think that's ultimately what makes this film work as well as it does right the thing you have to get into is how much can this movie throw at you what and you not like fall off the train for it how how many circumstances yeah. they can they pre- be presented with where the decisions they're making somehow make a level of sense in the reality that they're existing in. Obviously it has to, it has to make you not think of other conceivable ways to have handled the situation. But at the same time, it's like, well, would they think of that to begin with, or are they just that panicked where things are not occurring to them? Mm -hmm. That's a tricky thing to do. 
Uh, and I do think because of the length, it throws a number of things at you. Where it's like, at this point, couldn't they just do this and then they'd be out of the situation? So as long as you're buying into it, that's what's ultimately going to help. So yes, mm-hmm. it tests that level. And that's where like, that's what makes the movie come down for me as far as how much I like it. Like it, it, it it's really trying to push you to buy into all of this stuff happening. Sure. But it's not too dissimilar from other like long night movies where a lot of things happen that are frankly unbelievable, but you just go along with it anyway because you like these characters or whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's like, if I can buy into those movies, what makes that different about a movie like this? And it comes down to, I guess, how much entertainment value I'm getting out of it, whether it's from the comedy or from the commentary. And ultimately, it does work for me, but yes, it has issues. And it- Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I was going to say, like, you actually touched on something very interesting about the, the movie making process. Because I agree with you that uh, I didn't think about the length because I thought, well, an hour and 45, like, it's not too long. Yeah. yeah, it's not too long. But if you take out some of the credits, probably like an hour and 40. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, yeah, I think that you're right. If they made it a little bit tighter, because um, if you cut out some of the things in the beginning, they just kind of get into it. Like, I would have been in shock value kind of thing. I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on here, but, you know, I don't even care about like seven seven frat parties that they have to get to they there's like a real problem here that they have to address and then it just cuts into you know again the the um the the screws tightening as you're the, the tension build the thriller aspect of things um, but then the other thing i thought of as you were just speaking there was if they had edited some things differently i think i would have been really into it too like um not even like in a way of of like uh, manipulation of how i should feel about certain scenes or whatever the case is but just more like the pacing, right? So it's yeah. just like, oh wow, I, I'm, I don't have time to think about why Kunle like decided to leave his phone in on the ground, you know, as they're waiting like ten extra minutes. You yeah, know what I mean, um, and there's I, a lot I, of bickering. There's a lot right, of bickering. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and that would have been very. I think if we, if we circumvent some of that stuff, um, that actually would be an interesting uh, exercise. Because I I think to your point, which I very much agree with, there's too much time for me to think about why aren't you doing this, this, or this? Uh-huh. I, I, I totally agree with you that, you know, this is the boat that we're in as a viewer. You can't decide that like, well, you know, they should have done this. And it's like, that's just not how the movie making is made, right? Or the movie makers wanted it to be made. Mm-hmm. So this is the boat that we're in. But if you could control it in a way that was like, I, I have no choice but to go with this. And I, I don't really have time to think about it right now. Um, that would involve me as a, as a viewer and just keep me going. Obviously, there's other like more farcical and and you know comical things, films that you and I have watched that handle these things differently. But they also don't really have like the societal commentary that this one is this also like um, going for uh, at the which same is, time. Which is important because I like the way right. I've described this movie in the past is it's super bad, but what if it's grounded in real world circumstances? Interesting. Yeah. And, not not th- the choice I would have I've selected, but yeah, I see your point. But I, what what matters about that though is think about the things that happen in super bad versus things that happen here like mclovin is with cops for the duration of the move for like most of the movie uh and it why it's because he had a fake id got involved in an armed robbery and just decided to and the cops decided to take him along as the young padwan for the movie basically that is it, it almost feels like this movie's a response to that directly as far as there is no scenario where R.J. Seiler or Donald Elise Watkins or Sebastian Chacon would be allowed the same kind of thing to just actively have a fun time with those police officers if they're right, right. there in that scenario. He like if if you know if you discovered Kunle in a convenience store during a robbery, 
he would be arrested and put in jail, not brought along for some kind of fun. Let's all drink and drive around in a cop car for the preceding night. Yeah, so which the which the movie does address too. Exactly. Yeah, via, so, via Sean. Yeah, so it's like honest, like given the age of these filmmakers, what have you, it does feel like uh, they saw Superbad at one point or like what's our version of this movie? <laughs> like, what's the real side of this? Uh, and I and not that I was thinking that directly at that, although I did think of it <laughs> pretty much while sure. I was watching the movie the first time. I, I watched it again this past weekend, so I'm like fresh mm-hmm. on it. But it's like, it's hard not to think that way as far as what they're trying to do with the messaging here, at least with some of it. Um, the, yeah. other part, the other oh, part, of it, obviously you have like Sabrina Carpenter's character who apparently only plays like mean white girls in movies. She was in The Hate You Give playing another similar role about things about people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have that character who makes a lot of assumptions, which is a running theme throughout the movie as far as right. who these guys are uh, versus what their intentions are versus just the fact that they're just people <laughs> just existing and they happen, yeah. happen to run to a scenario. Like that stuff... Um, there's frustrating things just by default because of me being empathetic to the situation, but completely, but it's also just like, that's stuff that I can really, I can connect with as far as what's happening in these scenarios. And it's stuff that I appreciate about the movie. Now, the question is, does the way it ramps that up, does that effectively help as well? Does that, as far as where it goes, does it, does the film allow itself to, does, does it release something as far as, what it's ultimately trying to say that it hasn't already said like is it getting to a, a breaking point um as sure. far as do i like the movie more now because it got to this point do i like it less and i wonder and i think you you brought it up i'm curious if you know i'm trying to spoil everything no like, please yeah i mean but i have I, tons of thoughts on this but i am curious if the thought is should it have gone darker to make its point or should it have rescaled what's happening to make this more effective I, i'm not sure but i do wonder like what the options could have been yeah and and i'm not even saying like you should have gone darker and made this like you know um some 90s movie with ray liotta as the cop i can't remember the name of the movie um where where he's the cop and tries to like bust into somebody's house unlawful entry i don't i can't remember unlawful entry yes yeah but um i'm not trying to say like you should make it that kind of film or you know like sleeping with the enemy type of thing where it's just like everything's bad Mm -hmm. um i'm more saying that uh, I think they 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 had to they they wanted to go for a comedic, but yet kind of uh practical real life approach to college students, especially like black college students or brown college students. Be, being the case of Sebastian, being like, I guess he plays. I don't can't. He's remember, Mexican. Like, he says specifically he's Mexican. He's Mexican. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, because I remember like his cousin's like half or something. His, like that. Yeah, his cousin's passing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, a movie you should watch out. Uh, you should watch. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that more what I'm saying is, I think even the filmmakers kind of felt as though they had to had to give me both, and that's really where I kind of am just like, well, you know, I think it would have, it may have been better served if he had just kept with one tone and then underwritten some things underneath it. I mean, the things that I was thinking about was like, sorry to bother you, um, and then also get out, um, where it was like, you know, like. Get Out is one that is different levels, so to speak. But I think what you get there is like this subversive comedy, but layered with like intense levels of like um, of social injustices and also like really like dark humor around um, how people are treated, 
whether that's like a, a traffic stop or even like how we think of like police. I mean, I still remember like the feeling I get when the, the lights are flashing at the end there, um, but it just ends up being uh, his buddy, right? And it's also uh, like that's horror where horror is more true. It's it's yeah. a well adding comedy to a horror movie is not a new thing, right? So yeah, they, yeah, they, exactly. like, it works in its favor more where this yeah. is like you st- the start of this movie, despite a, a sequence in a classroom that I think the characters handle exactly right. Um, right. Yeah. I, that presents you an idea of what the tone could, of this thing could be. But as far, but the movie essentially feels like it's a college comedy for the most part before it yeah. descends more into thriller territory, particularly at the end. Yeah. And, and very understandable. And again, that's where I was like, I think that this, like, I think it, it would work, but I would have, I would have phrased things differently. And again, this is just like personal opinion. Cause again, I'm thinking of like other dark comedies like Fargo as well, where it's like, you know, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty serious matter. Like it, everything that happens in that movie is pretty serious, but also there's there's like this this like um you know again like some some humor about it. But it's all all of it. You don't feel good when you're watching things with William H Macy or even with like with Steve Buscemi and um and Peter Stormare. So uh, for this one, I was like, I I don't feel good when I'm watching like uh is it. Who, who's Emma's sister? Those people, right? Maddie. Yeah. Basically, the white people in the yeah. movie, where I was like, you know, I, I don't feel good on watching them because obviously, like to your point earlier, they're just assuming things. And also, she's a bad sister. Like she says it later in the movie, but I'm glad that the she friend, said it. The friend calls her out very intensely. And it's like, yeah, yeah all of this makes sense. Like you, ter- you did a yeah. terrible job here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you're, you're a terrible person. Like, A, overall, just because, like, First of all, like, you know, you brought an don't underage, bring like, yeah, don't a bring an underage and also like and this left is, her alone. <laughs> exactly. That's like the part that like, you know, it's a huge no, no in like my, my, my girlfriend's community where it's like, Hey man, you're not going to the bar. Like everyone's like staying together. Everyone knows where they are. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's super drunk, they all leave kind of thing. Um, but it's like, yeah, like that's like a huge, like a line that you cross like with your own sister. And it's, it's like, that was a problem but yes i i just don't think that those people were very very like i, I think what happens here and going back to like the plot of the movie what happens here is like you're kind of like going in between these two groups and i'm totally with like the rj donald and sebastian group mm-hmm. and then the other group is just there but they're like they're kind of like flies because they kind of come in and out and they're kind of like uh doing funny things here and there but like when it does get to its apex like its climax like the dramatic climax of the film you know, like, I, I don't know how to feel about it because it's not that it's not earned. It's just more like, I I wish that this had a larger impact on me. And it's just, you know, unfortunate that it didn't have it for me. That's fair. And I will say the first time, because I've watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I I was wrapped up in it because like, I don't know where this is going to go. Like, and that, that hit me the right way. Um, yeah where the second time just i know so it's like it was less impactful but it's like <laughs> but i but i do the second time i was kind of looking at the circumstances more as far as what led up to where this is sure. and i and i can agree i can i can say that the, i think there are shot cho- I, like honestly it comes down to like shot choices you could be making or different ways to express the panic going on here where i think if you make subtle subtle changes it might be more impactful yeah. um get, like it the without spoiling too much i'll just say the cops become involved towards the end right and the way the film presents it from their perspective you could argue there's a justification for the actions that are being taken 
at the same time, it's like if he just didn't have like a scene of like one character looking panicked in the back of a window, if you eliminate a scene like that, it's like, well, that, there's less of a, like an implication going on sure. for, for people to not react a certain way to begin with. Uh, and then it would just be, you know, people taking down other people for the sake of like to make the message of the film more clear as opposed to being like, well, they, it's, it's doing a lot to give them a certain level of justification. It's mm-hmm. weird. Um, at the same time, it's like, we know Kunle, we know Carlos, like we know these characters enough where it's like, I don't want them to be hurt. <laughs> like, right, I, don't, yeah. I don't want them to come under fire for things that, that, that we know they didn't do. Right. Especially you have characters right next to them saying they did not do anything. Uh, so it's like, but that, that's a good tension build, though. Of just like it is. We'll, we'll listen sure. to the white people, but we won't listen to like the brown people. Uh-huh. Right? So. Something I did notice, though, about the the second, I didn't notice this the first time. You never see uh, the faces of these police officers uh, very specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you see their presence. You see their feet. You see flashlights. You never see their faces. Barrels of guns. Uh, so certainly, yeah, you see barrels of guns. Uh, so it, there's a very deliberate choice being made there that I, I I thought was interesting as far as a, a means to an ends as opposed mm-hmm. to actual characters. And it the conversations these characters have about what would happen if we simply call the cops or what have you. Like I like what I like what those conversations are. With sure. that, where it's yeah. a matter of it's not it's not necessarily going after a fit like a specific thing. It's going after a system um and what that's trying to say and i i feel i mean for a movie like this that has to like you want to have it feel balanced in some way i feel like it it does a good like in terms of conveying that message i think that yeah gets across well enough even i want to interject just right there where um when they're having that discussion in their house in their in their rental house uh on college campus that is kind of where i was thinking to myself oh well this is turning into this type of movie. Um, and then to your point earlier, like now they've got to go like on a road trip type movie. And so it kind of really does. Maybe that's what maybe makes me feel as though it lessens the, like the vice grip that it, that it could have had on mm-hmm. how they're deciding how these things are playing out. I, I liked everything that they said, you know, not to go too much into detail, but they go into like you and I are black students. He's Brown, but he's also like been high the whole night. You know what I mean? So there, yeah. there's no reliable witness here. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what it actually makes a lot of sense. It's kind of very practical about how uh, people of color uh, think about it. I mean, like I think about these things too. Like we've certainly been in some some interesting situations uh, in college and post-college where uh, we may or may not have had to call the cops. But yeah, I mean, there's there's just like weird things that happen like that. Yet you have to have like this weird thought process of um I do they even they even like try and call an Asian friend too. Right? I was gonna say I like the I like when they're like we should phone another friend and yeah. get them to be the witness. It's like where's a uh, white Sean? Yeah. <laughs> like or, 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 he plays football. Everybody likes football yeah. players, right? <laughs> they're yeah. always innocent. Or um, yeah, Asians. They're they're neutral. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of like where the vice grip. I was like, oh well, uh, now now I don't now I feel very uncomfortable like with the rest of this movie. But it does go into like I don't want to say meandering, but it does go into like other like college night type of humor things. And that's kind of where um, I think that they didn't really hit those beats super hard, which I, I appreciated Yeah, because I think that. that they were trying to go for like the, the other tone of like, we're in a, there's a situation we have to figure this out and then we're going to go party. Um, that's but, why I think know, the super bad thing makes sense. Cause that's a movie that's trying to be outrageous. Yeah. Like it's trying to have the, the craziest things happen within a single night. Right. Yeah. For this movie, 
I because I, I don't think it's beyond them to make a movie that's just inherently funnier. I don't think it's in no, I, yeah. I don't think I, I think they if they wanted to do that, they could have done that. They could I have, agree. They yeah. could have headed towards one-liners, they could have headed towards a more cartoonish out uh, results of certain situations. Yeah, yeah. And they do have like some cartoonish things, but they're not sure. like outright like yeah, laugh out loud moments. I mean, but that's kind of where um I, I maybe again just veering toward if you're not gonna go veer toward like full on like um super bad or or um book smart type ter- type of territory mm-hmm. or it's just like again like I, I i totally agree with you because when i finished this movie i thought about these similar situations too they're just like you know you kind of, kind of you kind of thought of, of uh super bad but i thought of a uh, book smart where it's just like yeah they do like crazy shit in that movie where it's like it, it is dangerous for like a 17 year old or 18 year old person to be doing this because they get in a car with like a fucking murderer <laughs> Um, and it's played for laughs, but yeah, you know, when, when, when Mikey Day that. steals the movie, <laughs> yeah. Michael Michael Bryan, Michael, Michael Bryan, yeah, sorry, yeah, well, SNL guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like there's like crazy things that happen. They get high and they turn to like cartoon or uh, claymation characters or whatever the case is. But I, I think that you know this one is like those things happen too. But you know, there's again this larger pressuring pressure pressuring thing. But I felt as though it's just um, um, like. If you're trying to find if you're trying to find balance between those two, I mean, just err on the other side. I mean, the other movie that I thought about is Dope, uh, where where it's like you know, mm-hmm. it was fun, and then all of a sudden it gets very serious. But then at the same time, like when it gets very serious, um, they finish off with like a pretty impactful message. And I do want to get to like their their cathartic moment in this scene or in this movie too. But I, I think that there was just a lot of maybe other things that, and this is. I'm not saying that I can make movies. Aaron and I have been very open about like making movies is hard, but these are like, this is like one of like, their first major outings. So I certainly, again, I call it an achievement because you were able to turn something that you were passionate about into a full length future project. So I look forward to what's going to happen next, but I'm, I'm, I am, um, again, maybe a little bit more bummed that it, it didn't like make me feel as though it was like, this is a, this is definitely a movie that I would, tell everybody to go check out because there's this message in here that is super apparent about this this and this and you know but like mm-hmm. it, it's understandable i mean and you mentioned like fargo where well, it's not the same movie but you mentioned fargo earlier the difference there is that's made by you know master filmmakers yeah <laughs> like it they, wasn't they, their first yeah, film yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they just inherently like know how to make film good like that's just like, like that's yeah. the Coen's in a nutshell. i mean it was also shot like, by like roger deakins right? it, uh, yeah it has the best people involved yeah. where, like this is you know I believe the second film from the director, like, and you know, it's, right. it is a, it, it is a certain kind of copy. So when I think of something like super bad or book smart, I mean, yeah, book smart obvious too, but it's just, that's, it's literally constructed as super bad, but, but with like right. female characters. Sure. The thing there that weighs it differently is those are movies that are ultimately about friendship. This movie has friendship as a part of it, but it's very much invested in the black experience at a college, or at least the mm-hmm. personal color experience at a college and the different, the dynamics there. And that's, yes, that's not, a, that's, it's not, you know, better or worse or easier or harder to make that sure. movie, yeah, yeah. but it certainly has more weight attached to it because it can't just afford to be a film about Sean and Kunle worried about what college they're going to be at next year or what have you. It has to be about this other thing. It can't be, it can't just be about the, are they going to make it to the parties? Like they have to deal right, with this right. whole other impossible to track scenario yeah. uh, and, and try to make that work the best it can. So it's like, I, I certainly like, I admire the attempt being gone for yeah, here and I same. admire the message you got. Yeah. And I, I understand that you do as well. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like it's, it's not a perfect movie by any means, but yeah. it's certainly like, it's trying to hit it some key points. And I do think that the, 
the regardless of what the uh, the other character, what Maddie and the other character is doing, I do think that the scenarios they get into, when it's not just pure bickering, but it's when things like being on being parked outside of a house with the Black Lives Matter sign, with right, characters yeah. being suspicious about them just by because they're there, right? That there's a lot of that stuff in this movie that it's like. Yeah. You, you you're not going to get that in book smart or super bad you're not going to get a scene where you know the the, the two book smart uh, girls are outside of a house and they're going to be randomly questioned about why they're there and if they're selling drugs because that yeah. doesn't happen to those kind of people so it's like that's that's the kind of thing that I, I i could appreciate about this movie where it's taking this kind of other lens on what it would be like if these types of characters would be yeah. in i think you've hit the nail on the head which is like it's an idea it's a movie of ideas mm-hmm. um and I, again this has kind of been a running theme for a few movies that i've seen in the past couple of weeks um including men uh, and then you just also talked about cronenberg's movie mm-hmm. but um yeah i i really like i i, I do want to get to like this this cathartic scene toward the end of this movie. Sure. Um, And, you know, the director, Kerry Williams has said in interviews that this is like his favorite, this is the the most eager thing to shoot in the movie because he wanted to have these two characters kind of like sort of be release valves. And the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up and sort of like tying it in with like the theme of, of a lot of things going on, like the movie with a lot of just things that these director, this director, Kerry, and also this writer, Katie, in this this movie Hmm. is that he has said in interviews that he really liked that it was this cathartic moment between two black men it was just like we're able to express our feelings we're able to use our words we're able to like say things that we should be saying and without having to be afraid of of the consequences right Mm -hmm. and that is completely understandable and i felt that because it actually is a really powerful moving moment both of them are crying i mean at one point it feels as though like donald has like this this like winner um but i think that's kind of like where it's like oh that's the director's intent of this of this scene and you know if the whole entire movie was about like kunle saying that i i got into prince and i didn't want to tell you because you know uh yada 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 it becomes like this michael sarah getting into like dartmouth situation mm-hmm. where um where uh 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 what's Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is like is gonna go to like community college or whatever. I mean same thing with like even like uh Ladybird, right? But um yeah I, I I found that to be like well that's kind of like it is nice that it is cathartic but that's kind of where, where there's just a lot of ideas coming into this because I certainly felt that too but that's really not the message that maybe I got when I was watching like these two main through ways of like this dark comedy and also like what happens like people of color on college campuses, like what you mentioned. So um, it was interesting to read his thoughts on it. Cause that's where I was like, yeah, I, I certainly feel like, again, like no, no disservice or no discredit. It certainly is like a first second attempt filmmakers kind of thing, which I appreciate, but you know, again, a lot of ideas. Here's your thoughts. I'm trying to think of what I can say without reiterating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, feel free to, to like, you know, not, not reiterate. One of my favorite posts on, on Twitter was like, um, the reason why a podcast takes so long is because one guy says something and the other guy repeats right right back verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty true. Well, I mean, the movie's a lot of ideas, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep going. <laughs> You're on to something. <laughs> Tell me more, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the... I mean, our, our, our takes are fairly similar. I think I liked it a little more than you, but it's like, yeah. it's not... It, you know, it, it it is a a a movie that 
wants to present a certain scenario um, and do it in the in the way that feels the most fitting to them. And by doing that, obviously, you know, make a film for yourself and, you know, the, the audiences will hopefully just follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think, and I mean, again, reviews are strong and it was a hit at Sundance. So it's like, yeah. it's accomplishing a certain goal. And I think part of that comes down to the fact that we just don't see this kind of story all the time, right? We see yes. far more, to keep going to it, but we see far more super bads exactly, than, we do, yeah. than we do emergencies. Right. Um, that's not a bad thing. I mean, or, or sorry, that it's not a bad thing to have a movie like this that breaks up that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> ultimately, well, I don't need like over and over again this kind of story. It'd be nice to see a movie about black people, you know, being black people and not having to deal with certain things, but that's just not a reality. But having that kind of variation where you can have stories like this or stories that are just romantic comedy or comedy or what have you, like it's nice to be able to address things that have gone on as well as just present people in these kind, you know, stories that you see plenty of times. Like if I watch like Watcher, which I already described, a movie that I feel like I've seen before, I'm not saying if that character, you know, if it was a black character, it'd suddenly be better. Uh, But it would at least be something like, well, that I haven't seen a movie about a black person in Bucharest being stalked before. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. that's already inherently different and you know provides a different kind of vibe. A movie like this, yeah, I mean it it is attacking certain things. Whether or not it's successful in that is up to the viewer. Sure. But I appreciate that are getting this kind of long night story that I've seen a number of different times, a number of different ways, and it has whatever kinds of laughs it has, but it has a, a meaning that extends beyond the standard meaning of growing up or you know appreciating friendships or learning to be independent any number like that's inherent in some of these yeah you don't always get that extra flavoring on top of it right i mean again i i do love just like straight movies with people of color playing lead roles where it's just you know i love the wood and you know the wood's just a movie about people growing up and getting married or how about you know tenant or does it doesn't you know just for example as as protocol ours my friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> or I, I, he doesn't say protocol he says something else but it's like that's my favorite moment he's just like ours my friend you just give him a big old handshake mm-hmm. uh, but yeah uh, i i you're right uh, you're right uh where we are where we we both like it but uh maybe you liked it more um any other thoughts on the uh, emergency uh no what 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 moment did make you laugh a lot in this movie the moment that made me laugh like the most was probably um uh it was when uh it's actually like not even like super super funny but it's actually just like uh kunle like in the bathroom and he's like hey man people are waiting and so he just like flushes like this empty toilet and then he gets out and leaves it's like i like physical humor like that but i i I think there's like other there's other moments I really like too. Like it's not super laughable, but I really liked when Sebastian's character, uh, Los Carlos, I like mm-hmm. how they call him Los, mm-hmm. um, is explained to Emma that he's like, I'm studying to be an aeronautical engineer because I wanted to go into space. Like, this is really nice. Like, I you don't really get this layer of coloring in other movies where it's just like this Mexican American student is just like an engineer, right? They're just mm-hmm. like, Oh no, he's just he's he's like doing he's in college, but you know, we don't know what he does, right? But yeah, it was really cool. It's just like, I really want to go to Mars. Uh, what about you? Was there like one moment that we were just like, LOL? Uh, when, when they find her in a tree. I was like, how did you get in that tree? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a Boy Scout. That's another, yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> like, like my Eagle Scout. Like, my Eagle Scout powers are here. I mean, oh. he did a great job. 
another thing, and this veers off the comedy topic, Please. but something, just something I wanted to point out too. I do like the setup of these. I mean, beyond the fact that like one's like the high achiever and the other is not, the Kunle is very specifically a child of immigrants that's you know not yes. from America. Um, and so I've like, met super Nigerian parents like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and their and children. It, and so his character, by default, they he has a he has a different perspective of what Sean has. Right, he has a perspective of his his view of the way cops are supposed to function and the way people are supposed to look at other people is not the it's not lined up with Sean's reality of what it's like to be a black person in America. And I do like that they let that dynamic play out as far as one more or less, you know, being proven right, but also having to make certain decisions that sure either have him exiting a scenario or being the more pessimistic of the two mm-hmm. where Kunle his his arc is is to you know to grow and understand that it's not as simple as he might assume it to be based on yeah there's a little bit more innocence uh mm-hmm. about his understanding of, of it even though he's like american um with nigerian parent but immigrant nigerian parents but again he's been more straight laced for his whole life and that so i do appreciate when it gets to the end like you said, there is a door slamming that happens that is just perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, it hard. was the best. It was like the best thing because, you know, when that happens, you're just like, spare me. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you're just like, let's go and have fun with our friends. I and mean, she brings out the papers like, OK, <laughs> I know. And it's just like st- standard, like standard, um, standard language. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, I was I was glad that he just like closes the door. So, yeah. All right. Good conversation. Yeah. Emergency is available to stream now on Prime. It's available in limited theaters as well. But when should people see this movie? Yeah, I thought it was perfectly placed on, on Prime. So, I mean, if you have time to go check it out, feel free to. But, you know, not something they have to run out and see right away. Yeah, I think it's a worthwhile watch, but not necessarily like top of queue watching. But, I mean, it's certainly, I think, a film that uh, delivers a message that I think is is certainly interesting to see unfold in the way this movie presents it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And, and don't bring... Your, if you are going to bring your teenage siblings <laughs> to a college party, please watch them. Like, you know, like that's just be be a good sibling, be a good older sibling. So, and also just carry Nutrigrain bars on you; they're always useful. So. Yeah, Los knows. <laughs> Did somebody say they were hungry? <laughs> um, one more thing. Before, yes, we please. End, before we end all of this, not about the movie, but just some, a new topic just to, to break away from, oh. from, the, from the, the dramatic nature of emergency. Um, this week, obviously, there wasn't many movies that came out in wide release. There was, you know, a new Cronenberg movie and a creepy film about a woman in Bucharest. <laughs> not the most, like, you know, inviting views compared to Top Gun Maverick in theaters everywhere. So Sony <laughs> was like, you know yes. what? You know what, guys? You, you know that movie we had? Morbius that like nobody liked <laughs> that uh, did not do very impressive numbers. Um, what if we put it like on a thousand screens again and just kind of went with the vibe that people were loving Morbius because of all the memes going around about it being Morbin time. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that's not the reason they did this. They didn't be like, well, people are saying Morbin time. Clearly we need to add a thousand screens. Of Morbius. It's more of there's no other wide releases. Why not just put Morbius back in theaters? a thing that studios tend to do. They did for Uncharted, no less, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So they did. They put Morbius back in the, in the theaters for a thousand screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bombed terribly. It made $300,000 total. Um, <laughs> so it does not add much to the queue, to the cum of the film. Um, 
I I found that well, I find that hilarious for a variety yeah. because I mean Mori is is awful. Um, <laughs> and then they're like, <laughs> let's put it on a thousand screens, and it, it's also like upsetting because it's like R R R. Put that on a thousand again. Screens. Global phenomenon. Global phenomenon. Saw that packed theater where I was at. I mean, like, put, that's a movie that could use a thousand screens. Not Morbius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I I still am annoyed that like the amount of praise that RR was getting at the time that Morbius came out. It's like, I guess we should hate watch Morbius and not see the acclaim, and, not, and not see the acclaimed Indian film that everyone's talking about. But sure. Regardless. So that happened. So that, yeah. leads, that leads me to a fun question. Oh, please. Nothing to do with Morbius because that movie sucks. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> let, let me say something about Morbius then. Okay. I choose to believe that it was because that guy tweeted out my favorite part of Morbius was when they said it's Morbin time and catching so much momentum that Sony was like, you know what? I think people really like our movie. And they re-released it to only have it bomb again. Like even Leto put up a video of him like reading a script. Reading that the said, script. Morbius 2, it's Morbin time. And it's like, for one thing, okay, good on you, Jared Leto. That's kind of funny. But whatever. This movie, like, right. Nobody was looking at that being like, clearly we need to watch the movie again now because of this. Yeah. This thing that does not happen because um, of the meme. Uh, but regardless, here's my question. Okay instead of like terrible movies being re-released in a thousand screen theaters what movie would you want to see get re-released old or new or both what's a movie you'd want to see like just bit a bunch of screens and be like i'm going to the movie to see this i mean one of them is still already out which is everything everywhere all at once which i'm very happy that well, it's on screen some... what's, a, no, exactly. what's yeah. we gonna re-release give me a movie <laughs> yeah 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 it would be casablanca <laughs> like people need to go see casablanca a it's great and then B, it's like fairly short and it's actually pretty funny and it actually has relevant themes to even things that are going on today about nationalism, right? Um, and being an expat. But yeah, I, I love Casablanca. I mean, like, can I get a second choice? Yeah. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just go see, you know, one of the best action movies of all time uh, on the big screen. And if they did that for like an IMAX, of course I would go watch that in IMAX. I will know, by the way, about Ka- I like when um, Rick in Casablanca is like, it's Blanca time. Like, that's really funny. <laughs> he uh, says it as the plane's leaving. Yeah, as like, the they're going leaving. back yeah, to he's Paris. Like, he's, like, he's, looking, <laughs> he's, he's looking at Claude he, he, Yeah, he's, he's looking at Claude Rains. He's like, guys, it's Blanca time. <laughs> Arrest that man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they just play the piano song as, as, they're, as he's being arrested. Uh, is still a curse. What about you? What what movie, old, new, would you want to be uh, released so that you can go check it out in this down week? Uh, as far as new newer movies go, um, there's a lot of options, but uh, Speed Racer. Um, oh. Put that, like, specifically, like, in an IMAX, uh, which it was released in back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't around my IMAX when that came out, so I just saw it like a like a plebeian in a regular theater but um <laughs> but uh sorry I, I'd, I'd love to see speed racer again in a big screen because it rules yeah. um as far as an older movie goes there's a variety of options but seven samurai i've never seen seven samurai in a, in oh, a theater wow. and I, I i love and that's not a short movie um but mm-hmm. i love watching it because it it moves for one thing but it's also amazing yeah uh, so that that'd be my my old pick as movies go get a lot of bang for my buck on that one too there you go yeah you and two other people will be watching seven samurai for you know i would hype hours. it up so much we'd get seven people so oh wow oh so sh- a perfect right. amount yeah you could that's a, that's not a hard trailer to cut there's so many good things you can put into a seven samurai trailer and be like <laughs> you got to see this look at this scene guy fucking cuts a guy in half he doesn't even know he got cut yeah, one guy has like a giant sword <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> it's like 12 feet long. It's look at like, this battle. Look at this battle of hundreds of extras and no special effects, just fighting each other. Like the rain. is not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what, guys? I think I want to make this epic movie, but I don't want any like, you know, flawed movements. So please do this right. Mm-hmm. And he's also like, by the way, Godzilla's playing in the next screen over because they came out at the same time. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> and they have this one of the same leads in both movies. Um, <laughs> oh, incredible. It is. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be my my pick for that. Um, okay, well, we've done it. We've had our, our fun this week. Um, and that's going to do it for this week's episode about Mouth Air uh, You can find more of my work or my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for We Live Entertainment and Wise Blue and occasionally Variety. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash walrusmoose hashtag RRR global phenomenon. You can find all the other episodes about Now Fair Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at gmail.com or write on a physical wall Facebook.com slash podcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And our Instagram page is instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Uh, next week, we're talking Jurassic World Dominion. Can't wait. Get ready. Blue's back, baby. <laughs> and, and she's exercising demons. That's, that's right. <laughs> uh, the movie is apparently an hour and 40... Uh, sorry. Two I was going to say, what? Two hours and 27 minutes. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, uh, they made an hour and 47-minute Jurassic Park movie? This it is, is the, incredible. It is, it is the longest Jurassic World movie, so uh, be prepared uh, for all that. We're going to have plenty to say about that next week with with our guests. So uh, until that's going to do it. So until next time, so long and goodbye. You bury me thinking I wouldn't pop up. Three days and three nights later, like I was Lazarus. Water me with the drama. I showed her all of your trauma. That got absolutely nothing to do with me. It's an honor. I know some people want to put two in me. That ain't new to me. Envy in their eyes. I'm only doing what's true to me. My flow is froze. You ain't getting close with 32 degrees of separation. You don't even know my type of dedication. Rock bottom where you find gems hidden in revelations. Looking up at Jai, you couldn't bless me with a better basement. I know how to generate passive dollars for generations better than scholars and never resort to degradation i got these scars from war these ain't for decoration thick skin moving with love peace is my destination made it with people around me saying you'll never make it now they get the point i don't need to hear the exclamation i forgive a hater i tell them to save the explanations i enjoy the ironic vanity